ओम मंगल गुरुदेवाय देवेमतिक्ष मंगल मंगल भक्तावृंदेव्यो सर्वोकाय मंगल ओं स्थापकर्म सेधर्मस्वरूपिणे अवतारवरिष्ठा रामकृष्णा ते नम ओं गुरुब्रह्मा गुरु विष्णु गुरदेव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्राह्मण तस्म श्रीगुरव नम ओं सराशिव सरंभम शंकरचारम्जम अश्मरचारायंतम वंदे गुरु परम परम श्री गणेश शारद गुरुभ्यो नम There's a special nod month now. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. Uh, uh, I think I found it. It's ready to go. Auspicious day to think yeah. of these. Yeah. So sorry for a little bit still getting going today. So we're continuing our discussion on the Kali Sahasranama, the Thousand Name of the Divine Mother. In August December, we see some people we haven't seen in a while. Happy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> And so last week, the, we were in a, let me find the mantras. There's more sheets on the desk of different things. They got separated. Okay, this will do, I think this will do. This will do. Yeah, okay. So we, I'll chant verse uh, 24, and, 20, and we, we, we're finishing up the last few names of 24 dealing with Nagas. So, Jaga Jiva Mai Haimavati Maya Mahamahi Naga Yagno Pavitrangi Nagini Nagashayani. That's the verse we chanted last, we talked about last week. Jaga, Jaga Jiva Mai, she who is, in a very simple way, she who is, the individuals, and the world. So that's what we're just covering. Haimavati, she who comes or descends from the Himalayas, name for Parvati. Maya, that's a complicated name, she who is Maya. And Mahamahi, she who is very great. She's all the, the greatest of the great, you could say. So that's the, the name. And then, then we jumped into the next sub in the second half of the verse with name 177 uh, on. Naga Yagno Pavitrangi Nagini Nagashayani and then the next verse has another name Naga Naga Kanya so we're kind of dealing with these names together and actually uh, Atmara mentioned yesterday or maybe like this would be a good like like seminar just on Nagas and serpents and Indian religion because it deserves like there's so much stuff we can we can discuss if we do it a little more systematically it could be its own thing maybe you know more than just a satsang class, you know. Not, a, not, a, not an eight-week class, but something. <laughs> Could be interesting, nice discussion. But anyways, so we were talking about Naga, and, and, and um, we mentioned that Naga, the, the snakes in Indian... In, we, we mentioned some things about Nagas and serpents in 
in ancient religion and mythology in general, right, and then in Hinduism and Indian tradition and more specifically, right, and what, some of the things we touched on is that snakes in Indian religion are the symbol of time, right, and because, and so snakes, uh, because they, they, um, they uh, shed their skin, right, and so the idea that it's a type, a type of in- eternality, right, is that, that it never, they never die, and there's a kind of a, um, a belief, but if, I mean, nobody, re- no, it's not a real belief, but it's a general belief, but if you push people, no, of course snakes die, but, but the idea that snakes don't die, right, because no, very few people have seen a dead snake that hasn't been killed. Right? Unless you kill a snake by accident on purpose, snakes don't die, right? Because what happens, what you see, instead you see evidence of like, oh, there was a snake there, it looked like it was dying in the corner, and now it slithered off looking brand new mm-hmm. and leaving its shell, its skin, skin aside, right? And so they're very nice symbols of eternality, but not eternal, they're usually not symbols of like the eternal as in the unchanging beyond time. It's like ever, like eternal as in like everlasting or like, never dying there's a different idea like it never dies right so they're not necessarily they're not usually the symbol of the unchanging they're the change they're the of, of the eternal changing the thing that that the change that the uh, and so therefore we, we hinted at we didn't get it because i was rushing towards the end of the talk last week uh, uh that they're not that they're they're uh, uh they're the symbol of like almost like a something like resurrection almost you know it's like it's Every well, yeah, yeah, but just when you're about to die, you're in your in the same body almost as if you can, you you come back, you know, and and even in, in like if you get if you if you really, I wasn't thinking about talking about this, but there's there's two um, there's two sciences. It's interesting. This may have something to do with this connection. There's there, I hadn't I hadn't planned to think along these lines, but. I never planned to think about any line. It was a problem. Maybe I need to learn to think about along certain lines. <laughs> I used to do that as a kid. I remember. Um, the the, the diff- some thumb uh, uh, um, thinkers have made a distinction between the different have noticed and noted the distinction between the different type of, of eternal ideas of eternal that the devas and the asuras have. The sudas and asuras have, right. And so the devas, they have amrita, they have this, they have a nectar, right? And of course, we know the science, you know, the whole story of they fought for the amrita and the, the possession of the, the way the gods are eternal, right? The, deva, the devas are the eternal ones, right? They, they're not the undying ones, right? But we know they're not really undying, but, they're, but what happens is they, they drink amrita. So the idea that they drink some nectar that keeps them alive, right? But then we also, amrita means beyond death, it means nectar. Right, so it could so usually it's symbols, and it gets goes into the yoga tradition and mystical tradition. It's usually the um, the real amrita. We take the, the we take the stories of the devas and their amrita as symbolic of the eternal, you know, that that, that which is beyond time, beyond death, like that. That they're partaking of by some higher because they're the devas, they live in the upper realms. They're open to the higher knowledge, and that radiance of the higher knowledge is what gives them their their sense of immortality. And there's many stories to justify this type of thinking, right? But the, the Asuras, they have a different science. Anybody know the, the esoteric, secret, occult science of the Asuras? You probably know it. It's called, they have a science called um, uh, Sanjeevani Vidya, right? And so uh, uh, that which brings the dead back to life, right? So that's an interesting thing. And so like, uh, uh, so they, that's their science, 
Sanjeevani. Mrita Sanjeevani. So to be more Sanjeevani means to bring back to life and Mrita Sanjeevani means a bit, the, the dead back to life there's even a mantra which I'm going to initiate you all into right now so you can all do this <laughs> where if somebody, if you, somebody dies in front of you chanting this mantra you can bring them back to life I won't chant the mantra in front of you right now because it turns out I know the mantra <laughs> and if you click around on Google nowadays you can also <laughs> know <it. laughs> you know but it's actually not that easy to make the mantra living it requires a lot of tapasya and practice to make to give to make the awaken the mantra so the tradition goes right, but it's the, it's called the Mahamrityanjivani mantra, <laughs> the actual name of the mantra right, and uh, uh, and so this is a mantra so and it's given in in in, in the connection of the chandi it's connected to the mantra that are chanted along when you chant when you recite the chandi the Devi Mahatmyam when you do it as a sadhana as a tantric sadhana a recitation there's all these preliminary mantras before and then mantras afterward it's not just the 700 verses mm-hmm. 700 verses takes you three some over three hours but with the whole thing probably not, and probably another hour of mantras that are chanted along with it and japa of this mantra is one of them right this maham maham sanjivani mantra but anyway so that this is a this is a science a vidya that the devas that the asuras had and to be honest i don't know if this is a something from puranas or, or something that's just put into the dramatic telling of the Devanki Dev Mahadev uh, uh, TV series. You know, 830-something <laughs> volume. But I think, if I remember, when the, in the story, in, in the pop version of it, right, uh, uh, when um, the, they were fighting over the, over the Amrita, and the devas got the Amrita, and the, and, and the, and the demons didn't, their, their, um, their uh, kind of prize, or, you know... Um, Cup, com, uh, what is it when you second runner up pipe prize, you know, compensation prize, something like that, was Mrita Sanjivani Vidya. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're, they're also saying that we can't even kill the gods. How is that a fair fight? Right? The gods can't be killed and the, god, and the demons can be killed. How is that a fair in a, in a battle, that's not, that's not a good situation where the god, one side can't be killed and the other can be killed. Yeah. That's not a fair thing. Okay, one can't be killed easily and the other can be killed, but the guru will know how to bring them back to life again. Right, this is the uh, um, Shukra has this vidya and his disciples. Right, so so that's an interesting thing. So if you and 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 so the the in the heavenly world they have amrita, the science of transcendental knowledge of the of the deathless reality, at least theoretically, you know. And but in the, and in the underworld, the asuras and the underworld beings, they have Muhammad, they have sanjivan, they know how to bring dead things back to life. So you see, this is, this is very interesting. That's why I mentioned, I hinted last week, that it's connected with resurrection rather than reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Right? Reincarnation is a theory more that the souls, it, it's, it cannot die. The body that dies is something eternal, so there's nothing to die anyways. Right? But resurrection is that you put something in the ground that's dead, it comes back to life. Like, like, and so this is, you can see, this, this works with underworld or earthly type of thing. You plant the seed. You, the seed seems to die and rot, and out of it comes new life, right? So that's the, the underworld science is how we get the the juice of this world. You know the, the how this world works, and so nagas are connected to the underworld. We haven't really we, we didn't even get there last time, but that's one of the main thing. They are they are uh, they're connected with the underworld, and so with this type of knowledge. So they're representative of that something that that dies seems to die, but doesn't really die. It comes back to life, right? Uh, 
what else we we mentioned also their connection with um also uh, with uh, uh with uh, kundalini we talked quite we began to talk about the connection with kundalini and because one of the names and first yagna naga yagna pavit angi she who's on her body the the yagna pavit the sacred thread that she wears is made of a serpent who has a serpent as a sacred as a sacred thread the yag, the sacrificial string on her body right that's there's other ways to possibly translate that but that's the way it should be translated uh, she who has uh, who wears a sacred thread whose sacred thread is a snake and so that's a common thing you'll find in a lot of iconography Ganesha you'll see he has his belt is a um, is a naga right it's uh, uh, and if he wears a sacred thread it's it's, it's, it's also a naga um, Shiva behind me he of course has a naga as a sacred thread he has a naga as a belt he wears a naga around his neck he wears bracelets and things as nagas. They're his, uh, his, his ornaments, right? And so, and of course, we talked about the sacred, uh, the, 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 kundal, the kundalini is often described as serpent like. And we also, last week, we, we mentioned that if you take, we went from, from cosmic consciousness through the elements down, 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 tighter, 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 tighter. So, so it's all that infinite power potential is as if squeezed into, into material. Uh, solidness, right? That's called and so in visualized or conceptualized in our body, that becomes through all the through conscious through infinite conscience through mind, intelligence, ego to 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 uh, space and air and then fire and then water and then earth as it gets solid, solid, solid. So that idea of, of taking something vast and and broad and infinite and seeming to or, or actually limiting it, it's that means it's good. You have that. You have all that potential in one one little thing and so the image is also given like a spring that's how we are like it you know you take a spring you know, click, 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 and click and, and so you have it so all that potential energy is ready to go right so there and when you so that therefore the the, the coiled image of a snake is perfect for kundalini of, of of strong potential and that spring when when you its nature is to become straight right if, if and therefore as soon as you release pressure it's going to straighten out and it's going to be a very dramatic uh, 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 as, as much as potential is in the, in, in the tension of the spring is how fast it's going to dramatic it's going to spread uh, um, and so that, therefore the, the kundalini it seems to be uh, coiled as usually visualized there's reason for it, three and a half times around a shiva lingam at the base of the spine with its mouth and its tail and its mouth that's the lock <laughs> right as soon as it's open it's going to, it's going to come up Right, very dramatically. Uh, so that's also a perfect image. Why a snake is a perfect image for it, uh, um, for for uh, the kundalini and the sacred. And then we mentioned. I'm just backing up because I don't. I don't want to. I don't know how to talk about what I want to talk about without this foundation. Um, and this month that her sacred thread is because the sacred thread th that's identifying the sacred thread and the traditions of all these threads and stuff that are part. You know. What Adikesha calls um, strings, rings, and things—you know—that <laughs> are part of Hinduism. <laughs> we love strings, rings, and things. Even like, for instance, he, he gave part of it was he, he arranged for a special type of ring called Pavitring that we use. You know, you see when we take kusha grass. So you maybe seen you take kusha and make a ring out of kusha grass for puja. There's a reason for it. But there's also you can make a ring in the same style. But it's also if you if you I mean you can't really look in the camera you can look at it later. But it's all knots and strings and tied in you know like a, it's very uh, snake like actually and knot like. 
So it's connected to that also. Actually, the, I think I should tell the story of the, how, how we get kusha grass. It's also about snakes. I'll tell that story next. Um, but, uh, uh, so, but also that's the, the strings and the strings, rings, and things, uh, 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 sacred thread. That may have nothing to do originally if ancient times was kundalini, nothing to do with serpent imagery. You know, either it, these ideas developed, you know, as, as to uh, try to find a deep meaning, an esoteric meaning uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to these common things, or, you know, there were, you know, you had compete, uh, competing or side-by-side -side traditions that got merged, you know, and they influenced each other. Pretty soon the, the sacred thread of, uh, of, of, of the higher varnas now became kundalini. Right, you know, so and so you could, but you could, if we think about it, it's not completely unbelievable, right? Because it's three strings, like like usually when we think of we think of our own spine, we think of Ida, Pingal, and Shishumna. These are the three passageways for Kundalini, right? And usually, and this is represented by the right nostril and the left nostril when Ida and Pingal are are are, are um, in action. Uh, you breathe through one nostril or the other, and all of you are breathing right now only through one nostril. Generally, we breathe through one nostril. It switches every two hours or so, if, and a normal person. Um, it's a science of suaras, which which how your breath is moving. Um, and so the the Ida and the Pingala, they both they're they're believed to be currents that start at the very base at the spine and end at the center of the forehead at the chakra, and 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 they kind of. You've probably seen so many drawings where you see this crossing back and forth, right? And so, um, you, uh, um, so they're they're said to cross and they end up uh, here, but but uh, um, at the at the at the center here, but the opening is in the nostrils. So that's that's why. So in prana, so we have we have so that we have to define what what prana is. From this conception, one way of understanding prana, or the energy in the the end, the life energy of the body. Which external most manifestation is breath. They're not identical, although sometimes in texts, prana, vayu, um, uh, these type of things are are are, are identical. Sometimes it means breath, sometimes it means life, sometimes it means prana. It can be. It, it depends on how it's being. Uh, you have to know it by context. But prana is. We 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 can consider it one way to look at it. The way it was explained to me by those who have uh, higher knowledge of these things uh, is like the radiating shakti of kundalini. Right, Kundalini, this actually, so Kundalini, if this serpent power, this infinite power is condensed, there you have a huge reservoir of radiant potential energy in the body. Right, that's actually our, that's our, that's our energy. That's the energy, not our energy. It's at the base of everything, the foundation of everything, and the radiating energy of that move has to go somewhere, and so it goes usually through either Ida and Pingala, and so therefore either Ida and Pingala are 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 active, right? But there's a third that if when Ida and Pingala are controlled and blocked, then through a system of yoga and, and Kundalini yoga and some forms of Hatha yoga are, are obsessed with this practice, these practices. Um, when they're when Ida and Pingala are balanced and then stopped, right? Then Prana will naturally move into into uh, into Shishumna, the center channel, right? And then when Prana is into Shishumna then and only then can Kundalini safely move up to Shishumna. And therefore, in other words, the, the snake un, uncoils itself, right? Uh, uh, 
And so the three are symbols of, Kundal of Kundalini, Ida, Pingala, and Shashumna. And so the, th the sacred thread is usually uh, visualized as three strings tied together. It's usually made of three strings tied together. Right? And then I mentioned that there are the knots, there are three knots that are in it. These are, in the Kundalini tradition, there's three knots in the, in, the, um, in the body, one at the base of the spine called Brahmagranti, that stops prana. Even if prana moves in, if prana moves into, if you can block Ida and Ping, balance Ida and Pingala and stop prana from moving Ida and Pingala, right, and, and, and awaken or enliven Shashumna, Right, and Kundalini theoretically, and prana with movement, actually, it usually won't move into there. There's blockages in that passageway also. And first, first blockage is Brahmagranti at the base of the spine, there's Vishnugranti at the heart, and there's Rudragranti at the, at the, just below the third, either just below the thing, the third eye. And so those are the three knots when we identify them, whether originally that way, I don't know, uh, of the three knots of, um, uh, in, the, in the sacred thread. So, the the uh, the um, I remember actually like one time I was doing puja here back in the day before our sannyas we wore a sacred thread that sannyas we we take the sacred thread off, um, and there was a lady here she was a visiting uh, uh, female uh, rabbi who was a very uh, uh, visiting from a a a very liberal seminary. <laughs> Right, <laughs> so the ready a liberal seminary had a female rabbi. Not all Jewish seminaries will allow female rabbis, and and not all female rabbis will hang out for pleasure at the Kali temple during during ritual <laughs> worship, during the graven image worship of goddesses, you know, <laughs> of other gods, <laughs> whatever you know. Like she was very wonderful, and I remember. But and so, anyways, I was, she was sitting here, and I was doing. I think it was in this building. Yeah, here, already here, and then she said, oh. Because at that time, we're, it, we're, there's a lot of drama in puja, as you know. So we, we take the string and we wrap it around our thumb a lot. And that's when we chant mantras, the string is wrapped around the thumb and then chanted, showing, representing again the kundalini around that shivalingam at the base of the spine, right? But also we use it a lot. So like we're doing, when we do um, uh, mudras, like that, we take the string and, we, and we're connecting it all, that we're using the string a lot. Not all traditions do that. Bengali traditions do it more. Right, where they use a string, you know, to, kind of like one of those type of, you know, the lot, lots of use of the strings, you know. And she said, oh, it reminded me of the umbilical cord. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Another connection with the sacred thread. And certain times that's our umbilical cord connecting us. I mean, we're not disconnected mm -hmm. from it. I thought that was interesting. That, that was her, I don't know what you're doing, but Swami, this is what I think, this is what I think it was. Very good. Um, so anyway, so Kundalini symbolism, and then we also mentioned that its connection was general. It's the the Snaga has been demonized, of course, right? Um, the problem is the Naga is also a demon. The Naga is the you know the <laughs> underworld. If you if you consider the underworld beings, uh, demons, right? Uh, 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 but not not a, not to judge them harshly. You know, <laughs> some of my best friends are demons. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> my best friends are Nagas too. So, like, <laughs> you haven't met my friends, um, um, but they've been also demonized in the sense that that that, that uh, uh, these are the Naga is serpents are the symbols of of the goddess. They're throughout pagan traditions, right? And so we've made you know it's like in in the in the in in, in the uh, garden, who where Satan. He's uh, apparently he's a serpent, although he's never mentioned as such, right? And he's known as the deceiver and the liar, right? Mm -hmm. Even though he never everything he said was true, 
Right? <laughs> I'm not going to give an exposition on the. I have strong opinions about the Book of Genesis story, but I will not give them now. It could be another class. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, so anyway, we, we, we've made, we're now, they've been cursed, where they'll be under the foot of man and, and, and a fear between women and the serpent. Right? Do you remember all the curse, curses were also given? God was so pissed off at the whole thing, he gave curses to everybody involved, including the snake. I think if I remember properly, the curse of the snake is you'll be hated by, you'll be under the heels of men, and, you'll, and I'll put a natural enmity between you and women. I believe that's something like that. It's been a while since I've looked at the verses carefully, you know. But, uh, and then we mentioned last week that King George slayed a, St. George slayed a dragon, uh, and then St. Patrick removed the snakes from Ireland that never were there. And most likely this is a reference, a reference to the pagan traditions, you know, like that. So that's something, so we have to re... Every year, my my yearly St. Patrick's Day post is calling back the serpents. You know, calling all the serpents. You know, that we want, we like because we want not only we worship serpents. I mean, I literally, I've literally, I've we've tattooed serpents on our body. You know, we're, we're we we have a reason for this. Um, but also, we now I think even the religions that demonized and use uh, demonize serpents and demonize pagan traditions. Uh, um, uh, I think there's a new way for them to relate to each other that doesn't have to be so dramatic. You know, there's a we can have a view that the pagan traditions and 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 the the the, the new kids on the block of the older the newer traditions aren't that you know new mean three you know two thousand sixteen hundred three thousand years old. You know, these aren't that new. You know, but, but these are the new kids on the block in, in comparison. Uh, that we they don't have to be. So so separated as we as as perhaps we once thought they had to be. So so another thing about nagas, I have some other things I, I scribbled down this afternoon uh, when I was thinking what I'm going to uh, about about to say tonight. But things from my notes from last week, which I didn't mention. Also in India, there is there is a um, there's a there is there is a um, I can't say. Because there's a race, there's a race, but the Naga race, right? Now we have to be careful how we're using this term, right? Uh, and in ancient India, they also were, it was very complicated how the term was used, right? Because there is, you know, in between um, the, I don't know if you know much about Indian, ancient Indian history, between the Kushan Empire and the uh, Gupta Empire, right? A major part of India was run by the Nagas. The Nagas were a kingdom. Right and the, and they all had the word. Every king had the word Naga as their last name. That's how we know that there were the Nagas, right? I forget like this. Like, there's Gotam Naga or something like that. I, I, I click around. I can probably look up some of the important Naga kingdoms. We know them mostly from coins, right? The problem is like there's so much of ancient Indian history. Much of a lot of history in the world is we can we we put together through a few coins. That's how you. And then how what symbols are on coins? How much gold was in the coins? How big the coins were? <laughs> we can judge. It's really amazing that the whole there's a name for that: the study of coin, coinage for history. And I sometimes think Sami Ambikananda mentions a, a funny movie, maybe been a, 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 a comedy movie. But somebody was like they're they're recreating a, a scene where they were going to recreate Noah's Ark, right? And they and they hire a a a, a Anthropologist or something like that, and he comes in a little box and he opens the box and within a little cloth, there's a little piece of wood. He says, "This is the piece of the original ark, mm-hmm. right?" And then from that, they generate like this huge model on how many. You know, <laughs> from that, we can we can recreate. You know, you create they create they recreate a lot 
on a little bit of information. So we don't, the point is we don't know as much about the Naga Empire. As, we don't know much about a lot of ancient history. We, we take a few details and we assume and fill in. We make educated guesses. One scholar I heard uh, a lecture, he's describing like, if you imagine now if like there would be a, a catastrophic thing that would end mankind or, or, or our civilization and our dis and and you know 10,000 years from now right people looking through and they discover under a pile of dirt or something a, a, a mound and they discover and they dig around and, and they and they find some playing cards right and then from that they try to recreate oh we can see they had you know what how do you create recreate our culture based on a few little details like that you know they, that, that scholar was comparing our knowledge of ancient history similar to that you know but you can't that you can you can say something about what we you can you can make an edu and, and new information will create will change it you know this ancient knowledge so about the about the, the nagas so uh they so why did they call themselves nagas <laughs> right because also they don't have pictures of snakes on any other coinage right they called themselves nagas right and uh, but they weren't they didn't really worship nagas um, um they were it wasn't their deity but in like Mahabharata and like that this may have been unrelated there there were people that considered themselves descendants from Nagas mm -hmm. right and 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 that's another thing the Nagas in the in Indian religion are kind of like a semi-divine being mm -hmm. something like a demigod I think we'd use in a, in a more careful use of the of the term academic use of the term a demigod uh, uh, like Gandharvas and Kunadas and like this the, the, the Nagas are such a, such a race they're a race that live in the underworld right and so the people they may they may have been and and very likely the Nagas of this kingdom of this empire the Naga Empire in India were um, uh, may have been self-identified as those people right and some people believe like this that they were the Nagas they believe themselves to be Nagas and that they they uh, um, they consider themselves to be of that heritage. And so in the Mahabharata, for instance, there's a great, uh, Yudhisthira's son is Parikshit. Parikshit was cursed to be bit by a snake. His son, um, who's Parikshit's son who did the snake sacrifice? He knows Mahabharata better than all of us. Janmanjaya, uh, uh, I'm, forget, I'm, I'm forgetting right now. If he comes back, he'll, he, he'll know for sure. I should. It's a very famous scene, where, you know, my, you know like you you killed my father, prepared to die type of thing. You know, he's like he he was bit. His father was bit by a snake, so he decides to take revenge, and commit and perform a fire sacrifice where the offerings are snakes. With each swaha, thousands of snakes are poured. Though it was a genocide, he was trying to commit a genocide of snakes, right? Uh, uh, and and uh, um, but in the process, not just like snakes are being thrown in the fire, right? Like people were being thrown in the fire because some people are part snake, right? Part uh, part of that they believe that they're part of this. These are most likely most as well as these are ancient tribes, right? That you know like and so but these got mixed into the mythological stories in Mahabharata. Even Indra himself was about to be, was felt himself like was every swaha like oh, what's going on? It's like oh you you know there's a snake sacrifice like oh no, right? We have to stop it. Right, and so what do you do? And the snakes are being thrown in, even people and kings and, and, and devas and even Indra himself are being thrown in. So, so the point is in ancient times that the, the, the idea of it that there are people like, oh, like we're, oh yeah, we're descendants from those people. We're, descend we're Gandharva line. Even now people, oh yeah, we're Gandharva. We've been musicians for tens of thousands of years since, since heavenly times. Right, we've been musicians. We're a Gandharva family, you know. So they're, they're Naga family like that. 
<clears throat> so, but anyways, whatever, whatever the, so now there's also a land in India called Nagaland, mm-hmm. right? But that actually, most likely, not almost most likely, it does not refer to Nagas. Naga there is a change of the word for earrings, most likely, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so it doesn't mean Naga, and we usually think of it, of it but... But also in ancient times, the Nagas referred to uh, 14 to 16 tribes, right, jungle tribes. So essentially you have these jungle tribes that were fairly unrelated to each other in many ways, except that they're in ancient world believed that they're all like Naga people, right? These are tribes. And then you have also kingdoms uh, that may, may or may not be related to it at all. The problem is very, with a few coins and a few, you know, pieces of pottery and things like that, and a few, and te- and a few verses in the Mahabharata, you can't recreate ancient knowledge of this but whatever the Nagas as a race was or as a, as a community or as a tribe or as a, as a dynasty in Indian history right it, it, the mystique the, the, the feeling it, it went back to the semi this, this demigod race right the semi-divine type of race like, like angelic different categories of angels of Nagas and so I mentioned the Nagas were in the underworld so what's the quality of, under, of underworld Right, things that live un- under, uh, uh, uh. and you see, it's, oh, oh, oh. Let me, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Like even interesting, uh, uh, Vrindavan and Mathura, this was fully under Naga territory during that kingdom. So there's a lot of a lot of history from there too. Anyways, mostly Madhya Pradesh they were. Let's see, I'm gonna scribble some more things down. What did I do? So. When one of the, there's different ways you can think of the, um, the um, things that come up when you start thinking of like how in Indian religion how Nagas are considered and how Ma because here not Ma's she's Nagini she is a snake or she is identified with that race or that semi you know she, and, and and in this cluster name she's also she's also Gandharva she's also Kinada she's also a Deva she's all, I mean she's identifying with all these things so it's, you have to put it in that context. A few more names are given for Naga than the other ones, but she's she's gonna she's saying all these things. I'm and I think this could be a, a partial commentary of Jagajiva. She's all living beings and the and every and, and their world, right? So now she's listing all these not just humans and rishis and, and she's also Nagas and Gandharvas and Kinadas and Devas. You know, she's every category as part of every jiva. So this could be that type of listing. She's these verses are saying she's everything. And we'll, we'll peek in the next verse, right? So we have to think. So ancient con- conceptions of of nagas. So the most famous one. Who's the most famous naga in Indian? Sheshna. Who's that? Sheshnag. Sheshna. Sheshna. So Shesh, uh, Sheshnag. Uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, Shesh, Sheshnag. And there's also. Um, but, uh, oh, that's a oh, very good Patanjali. Well, that's a very good thing, Patanjali. But yeah, Patanjali is considered to be a, a Naga of the ancient time. And so some images will show him. Yeah. It's actually become... There's not a lot of ancient images. I think it's kind of a new thing in the, in the, in the kind of the, the modern... Not that modern, but modern yoga movements that are claiming Patanjali. They, 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 there is... They recite verses to Patanjali, Dhyan Mantras to Patanjali, as well as they, they often have images of him, which I think they're beautiful. I love it that the Nagas are being becoming popular in this day and age. You know, uh, yeah, he's considered to have. And so, why does Patanjali? And of course, Patanjali is a complicated ancient 
character because there's two famous Patanjali's. There's the found the writer of the um, um, uh, of the uh, Yoga Sutra, and then and then there's the writer of a uh, text on grammar, especially a commentary on Paninese grammar, and or Paninese uh, commentary on him, or he's a commentary on I don't know, I don't remember which one, right? And historians will probably say that they're different people, right? But tradition says they're the same person. And actually, he said that he wrote a third uh, um, uh, text on Ayurveda. Right, so he gave uh, the 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 occult science of of, of of transformation as yoga, the esoteric science of language and words and meaning, so grammar, and then the uh, so he purified. Actually, so another uh, thing is that they you purify your your body through Ayurveda, you purify your language through grammar, and you purify your consciousness through yoga. Right, that's uh, that's why I'm remembering is from that tradition where they're considered one. But the his text on Ayurveda, although referred to, is not existing anymore. There's no known copy of it. But anyway, so whoever the Patanjali was, whether he's one person or three people or a thousand people or tradition or traditions of people, however these texts have come down, right? The fact that he's a Naga, there's a story to justify it. There's a whole mythological story how he how he overheard the, the, the esoteric knowledge and he came down. And he, was a, I forget the story right now, but I, I gave a talk one time in, in, in Sunitas at a yoga center, at, at, at Carolyn's Yoga Center on Patanjali. And so we talked about some of those things. It's on our podcast, I believe. So he said Patanjali, on Patanjali or something like that. <laughs> Science Patanjali. Life of Patanjali. Um, but, uh, uh, but what the, the, the point about Patanjali is that this is esoteric knowledge, secret knowledge. Right? And that's one of the things that Nagas always protect, secret knowledge. Right? They, or, or you have in more Western and Asian traditions, you have dragons. Dragons protect gold, treasures, right? whatever that gold is, right? whether it's literal wealth. Because right? the underworld, that's where, where, where do we get gold? From the underworld, right? Mm-hmm. All gems and gold and silver, all these precious things. So they're, 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 that's their realm. Right, and so you can see if you try to dig in, if you start mining and trying to like, you're gonna, you may, you may just upset them, or if you ask their blessings, they can give you as much of the stuff as they want. You know, if you get their blessing, <laughs> thus, thus a lot of naga worship and things like that had, had happened, right? But also, so, the, but also the treasure could not, could the gold and gems could be symbolic of spiritual knowledge or esoteric, occult knowledge, secret knowledge, right? Underworld knowledge, another way of saying it's hidden, right? When you you bury something, it's hidden. It has to be uncovered. That's the language of esotericism, right? And so, and you see what what, what happens to a snake. It comes, it's under, it, it comes, and then it comes out, right? And then it comes back, right? There's a whole, there's that whole. It's a very interesting uh, character. Uh, um, and so, and so in the in the goddess tradition, the in well, one of the names. Oh, well, maybe I'll jump to that name. Well, I'll jump. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. There's oh, one other thing I want to mention about the kushagraph. That's too good of a story. Uh, 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 <laughs> I, maybe some of you have heard this story, but it's in the Mahabharata, and it was part of I only really because the Mahabharata is really big, and really long and really complicated, and 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 just the I remember when I took my Mahabharata class at UC Berkeley from from uh, from uh, Professor Goldman, right? Uh, 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 he was a real expert on 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 the on the, uh, uh, on the thing. I'm just just the. Voc- the, the hardest test was vocabulary, just to remember everybody's name. We had a, a major part of the grade was just being tested on like, 
given a list of 50 names and we'll be asked about 20 of them types and that was the most stressful thing in my school <laughs> it's really complicated mob arts is very complicated but in it we had some readings that you know we, we had we were assigned certain critical editions of just a section of it just to get a flavor of original critical text right not a popular uh, retelling of it you know just like that and and, and, I, and I read this wonderful story uh, uh, and and Garuda, because oh, that's another thing that Garuda and and snakes and eagles seem to be enemies. Not enemy, they they are enemies in this world too. Eagles eat snakes, right? And so snakes and eagles. So it tells a story of why they're enemies or how they became enemies, right? It does a lot of stories. One and so in it, there were brother and sister. There are bro brothers, two brothers, laid at the same time to the same mother. And I'm forgetting the mother. Please forgive me. Um, I wasn't ready for this story, and. Uh, the mother gets impatient because they're taking a long time to hatch, right? And so out of impatience, she hatches one of them forcefully. She breaks the shell and, and lets them out, right? And that became snakes, right? And the other one went through the whole time and, and took the extra 20 million years for, for reptiles to become winged <laughs> and feathered, you know? So that's an interesting thing. There may be, I mean, uh, we, we see in this, cause and they became eagles birds right so it's interesting that you know because now we believe or i mean we know that that um that birds come from reptiles even the the scales became feathers you know it's interesting i mean i'm joking it's another 20 million years but but however how long but there may be some some recognition of similarities between uh, of the evolutionary connection between them even though it wouldn't been used that language perhaps uh so he was born and 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 Gruta's, loves his mother you know how wonderful but the snake hates his mother because of her impatience right she he be he i'm bound to slither on the ground right be blamed for everything <laughs> everybody scream when they see me the whole thing you know uh, uh, um, so he imprisons his mother and makes her a slave out of hatred for his mother right? and the freudian things in here too we won't go into <laughs> I'm not qualified for that. Um, uh, uh, and, and, then, and then, and so Garuda goes and, and says, let our, you know, this is getting too much, let, my, let our mother go. Says, Under no circumstances. She did this to me, right? He says, okay, what will it take for you to free our, mother's, to free our mother from your bondage? He says, there is a fight between the gods and the demons over this Amrita, right? And, and I want that Amrita. You get that pot of Amrita, and you bring it. The second you put it in front of me, then then you can have our mother's, you can have our mom back. You can she's free. So this Garuda goes, and he who did he find? He finds who did he? He ends up fighting Lord Vishnu, right? Uh, 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 Vishnu is protecting, because he's vowed during his own. It's part. It's connected to that story of the train of the ocean, right? And the fight, right? He and they have a fight, and and and, and Vishnu says, no, I'm very impressed that you're fighting, but why are you fighting me? Right, what good is Amrita for you? You know, it's like he says, and he tells the reason I'm fighting because I, out of devotion to my mother, I'm fighting. Right, and he tells the story. He says, "What are the what are the exact words of the deal? The contract. Let's look at the contract. Let's look carefully at the at the contract. Right, the second I put the pot of Amrita in front of them, he says, okay, here's a, he goes, okay, this is the deal, because I I can't keep fighting you forever. You know, and you're not going to give up." And because you're doing this for your mother, I'm not going to kill you. You know, it's it's an auspicious fight you're doing, right, to free your mother's soul. So I'll go. You can take it, right? You can take you you take the pot, 
and you put the pot down. The second you put the pot in front of them, I myself will come and steal the pot and take it away. And you and they won't get the. I'll keep the amrita. The gods will keep the amrita, and 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 uh, uh, your mom's soul will be free. So this happens, and so when they see it, they see, oh my God, there's an eagle flying to us with a pot of nectar. He actually, he actually came back. You know, Dorothy came back with whatever the stick of the of the of the, uh, of, of the witch or something like that. It's a big deal, you know. And they didn't know what to do, looking where to put it. And so they grabbed some grass, that that the kumkusha grass, put it down as an asana. Because sometimes if you don't have an asana, if you don't have a, like like when we do in the, the, the like with the bell, we don't have a place to put the bell. You can take this, like, take a, a flower leaf and put it. Even if it's symbolic, you, have to, you can't put something directly on. You never put something respectful directly on the ground. Something should be there. At least a blade of grass, right? So they go and they put this blade of grass there. And he puts the pot down. And they, yay, right? And the second they do that, Vishnu comes and steals uh, the pot of nectar and goes back to heaven. Mm-hmm. Gives it back to Indra, wherever, wherever it's supposed to be. Where it's supposed to be. And the snakes freak out and they, and they dive and, they, and they're trying to lick where it was, trying to get a little of the Amrita, so they could come like that. And so it says, so that's why they're, in the story, why their tongue is split, because they, uh, the sharp edges of the grass, they split their tongue, right? And because of the, it, the because there was some droplets of the Amrita, snakes got that quality of being almost immortal. Mm-hmm. They almost died and come back to life. They almost die and come back to life. This the idea of this rebirth, right, because of the kind, and because it landed on the kusha grass. Kusha grass also has this quality of being ever pure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we sit on kusha grass, we use it in all these things. It's, it's, so in that one story, you get the story of Garuda, of Nagas, of the, of the, of the origin of their forked tongue, right? And, 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 the, and, and the shedding of skin and the, the source of kusha grass. And it's very interesting. Once the, Mahabharata is good. So they're usually really complicated story, but at the end of it, you have like 90 things explained. You know? <laughs> it works like that, you know? So that's a nice, anyway, this is a nice, uh, but that's an interesting, but also shows that, that the connection with the, uh, it's not Amrita, it's like, it's not exactly Amrita. They didn't really get the Amrita. They got the, some benefit from it. Um, so so <clears throat> that's another thing. So Kundalini, goddess. Um, oh, you, Ananta, oh we, uh, you said Sheshnag. Another name for Ananta is often, uh, 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 Sheshnaga is Ananta. So Ananta means? Ananta, Ananta without end means un infinite, right? So sometimes it's saying that he has infinite hoods. That's one way of saying that. I mean, Ananta, unlimited hoods, right? As a serpent with unlimited hoods, or being an unlimited serpent. But whatever it is, his name means unlimited or infinite, right? Unending. So obviously, it's it's it's, this, it's describing a, a very high spiritual uh, conception. Uh, it's all snakes are also considered um, to represent kama. Right? I kept to think of that is that whatever we're saying snakes are, Ma saying she's that, she's Nagini, right? So we have to think of like so here kama is also a, 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 a um, uh, oh in in the in the Gita it says among serpents I am I am Ananta, mm-hmm. right? So even so he Krishna himself is using uh, saying that he's the Ananta Shesha. Right, uh, not just Ma. It's a, that's a big statement. And in that section, Vibhuti Yoga, the Gita, everything at its greatest, the greatest example is I'm that I'm I'm amongst yeah. lights. I'm the I am the earth. I am the fire. Um, the sun amongst you know like that. He's among mountains. I am the Himalayas. Among snakes, I am Ananta. Among demons, I am. Anybody know? Can you imagine Krishna saying we worship a demon? Apparently, who's the demon? 
Parlad. Parlad is uh, amongst demon. He's a, from a demon, not a normal demon, right? But it goes on like that. All amongst, and then he says, everything you see, the greatest things you see, at their greatest, most perfect, like they're just a spark of my splendor. That's the end of the beauty. All the, everything you see, especially using great examples of it, um, um, uh, like that. So, anyways, amongst amongst, so Krishna himself identifies him with Ananta Shesha, right? Kundalini. Uh, oh, the sacred thread, the ornaments. How one of the ways Krishna, uh, Shiva got his his snake, according to one story. There is a, there is a. Um, um, this is the Bhikshatana story, uh, right? one of my favorite forms of Shiva that I worship in my Kutir, Bhikshatana Murti. Um, there was a group of uh, sages in the forest, right, with their wives, and that they were, um, they're a ritualist. They're, they're, we, we, now we, we probably, in the sectarian fights, there would be Purva Mimamsas. Uh, uh, people believe in the, that the, the Vedas are, are work, they're almost, they're, they, they're independent of the gods, the Vedas are true. The rituals work independent of the gods, mm-hmm. right? The ritual is, so in a certain sense, at their extreme, epitypes have a mechanistic materialism. If you do this, you get this result, right? Just like, it's like you do this experiment, you do this cause, you get this result. So if you do this ritual, you get this result. So there are Shiva devotees in general, but they went to this group of, of sages and their wives, went to the forest to do this tapasya. But in the process, if you start thinking like that, you're doing all these rituals without really thinking of God. You become dry. Right? And in the stories, their dryness was, was um, shared by their lack of uh, romantic affection with their wives. They're dry. Their, their hearts became dry. Right? And so the, the wives were praying to Shiva to save them. So the story goes, right? And so Shiva shows up one day, right, uh, as, a, as a naked beggar, right? And he's completely naked, which is, uh, in the Brunical culture, this is very, very inauspicious, right? And his matted locks, also very inauspicious, right? And dirty, covered in ash, very inauspicious, right? All these type of things, you know? And because of, uh, but he's God. He's the soul of the, he's the soul of the Veda. He's the purpose of the real purpose of the rituals, right? So naturally, the, the hearts of the, the hearts, and souls of the wise just melted in love with him, fell in love with him. That's who they really love, you know. And this angered the sages tremendously. Already he's some, some, some hippie who just shows up, dirty hippie, you know, <laughs> right? Not, not proper at all. On top of that, he's caught the attention of their wives, their devoted wives, right? So that we'll teach him, we'll, we'll kill him, right? And he comes howling and singing and dancing, all kinds of stuff like that, you know. And so they create a fire sacrifice. They have a fire pit and they start their mantras because they know the mantras to do these type of things to generate different things to, to kill off this, this character, this beggar, wandering beggar. And one of the things they, they bring out is a little demon to go to eat him. Right? And then the demon comes and he and, and, and Shiva takes him and, and steps on him. You see the dancing Shiva we have outside? It's on that little... He has a name, but I forget his name. But that's the demon, you know. Uh, a little monster becomes like a little dwarf. He just sits on him, right? Then they, 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 they oh, that didn't work. Swaha, swaha, they create a lion. And a lion jumps out and they throw the lion in to go eat him. And so he skins the lion and he puts it, oh, you think I, you're very, think I'm very um, uncivilized because I'm naked? So he puts on a lot, that's how he gets his lion skin, right? And then they, they throw an elephant at him, right? A wild elephant. He goes, oh, oh you're right, I'm still not properly dressed. So he skins the elephant and he has upper cloth out of an elephant. Then, he's, then he, they, they pull out a bunch of sake of poisonous serpents, right? Another thing about serpents are poisonous. I forgot to mention poison, right? And, he throw, and they throw the poison. Eh, 
you're, you're right that you're just like, oh, you're good Brahmins, I'm just a wild force, you, I should be a good Brahmin. And he takes them and he ties them into a sacred thread. And he puts them around in necklaces and decorates them properly like proper civilized people, right? Like this, everything that's thrown at them, he, he, he takes as, as... So these things that are so frightening, so uh, horrifying, right, so dangerous, they become uh, bushana. They're his ornaments, naga bushana. It says he's ornamented by these deadly things. Even poison, even this, like when he drinks the poison, that poison is called sadhu bushana. In the, in, the, in the Bhagavatam this is the ornament of a sadhu it shows how much he loved the world that he drank poison so that thing that's horrible thing everybody's scared of is like, oh, that is actually beautiful we use that as a, a sign of beauty so another thing so, so the Nagas are, are, are uh, like that also um, Nagas also represent another point misfortune right you see in your chart if you have a, we mentioned a little bit last time if you have a Naga dosha like that, that they're bringing misfortune death poison um, um, if you displease nagas like this, you 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 know you won't be able to have children, you won't uh, you won't be able to keep a job. There's different things like that. There's different. Uh, an astrologer will tell you if you have like an inauspicious naga thing, right? So the science would also inauspicious is not always inauspicious. If she's nagini, right? That's an interesting thing to say that this is an inauspicious luck, bad luck, a bringer of bad luck. Is she is bad luck always bad? Right, uh, 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 M. Later, he said, "Oh, thank God, my my, my marriage problems." Right, because he was so he actually went to Dakshinishwari. He was about to commit suicide, and one of his friends convinced him, "Well, before you commit suicide, let's go. Let's let's, let's uh, uh, you can commit suicide before. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go see some clear mind a little bit. Let's see some garden." Then he met Sri Ramakrishna. Right, so thank God for my 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 family. He had a lot of problems with his wife's his in laws primarily. Right. Uh, uh, they led me to God. Right. Swami Ramdas, the elderly Swami Ramdas, he says that somebody's uh, mentioned now. What about what's what's in your chart? He says Ram is my chart. Ram is my my horoscope. He refused to accept. Then he pointed out, actually, my horoscope says that at a certain age I lose my family, I'd be destitute and wander helplessly and homeless, without anybody to help me. Right. People say, Oh my God, what do we do? We have to do some puja. We have to do maybe wear an amulet and feed crows on Monday or something like that to fix this. Right. No, this is when he, at that age, he took sannyas. He wandered and became one of the great saints. Right? My bad luck is not bad luck. This is, my, this is God's, Ram's grace on me. So it's very hard. Even bad luck is not always, it's harsh luck. Not always bad or good. We don't know. Right? So that's another Nagini. She could be, if, if Nagas represent uh, luck, bad, ill fortune, that's also, she's also that. If, 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 not, if not represent desire, she's also that. Right? Um, You know, we mentioned prana, we mentioned uh, uh, something you see the five serpents or seven serpents, these are the five pranas that like our, our, our serpents outside, uh, our shivalingam outside has these five. So, yagna, yagna, yagna pavitrangi, nagini, nagashayani. No, the nagashayani, that's another. It's nagini, we've mentioned, nag, and naga, yagna pavitra name. Nagashayani. She rests upon nagas. She has nagas as her. Uh, uh, I just say, uh, 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 she yeah, rests upon snakes, right? And so you see, you know, you, I posted a picture on, on, on Facebook advertising today, announcing today's talk with a picture of this beautiful, it's from, it's a, it's from a beautiful de, de, uh, temple in, in um, Singapore. And there's a great South Indian-y type of temples, there's a Kali temple in, 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 in Singapore. 
and I think this image is one of the protective deities like that. But it's a, it's a, it's a, I think forearm goddess, you know, beautifully dressed South Indian sari. But she has this beautiful five or seven hooded serpent that she sits upon. And usually we see Shiva or Vishnu rested upon a snake, or you see Shiva with the five serpents above it. It's that type of thing, right? So that serpent, she's she's a serpent, but she also rests upon the serpent. So in the stories, whoever she's the serpent, she's a support, she's consciousness, she's Shakti Kundalini, she's fortunate, you know, all these type of things, that energy. But whatever is resting on it, she's also that. She's the deity that rests upon. Of course, she's identifying. It's identifying with the deities that rest on serpents, the female deities also that rest on serpents, but um, especially that's identifying here with Vishnu, with Shiva, by extension. Buddha was said to be born with a serpent covering his head, right? You know, the serpent. And also, we have a serpent covering our head. This, this, these, are not, these are not just symbols of, of ancient mythology, right? Um, when Kundalini, if we were to visualize Kundalini as a serpent, Right, who exists coiled up three and a half times at the base of the spine. If she were to come up, what would happen? It comes up, and it said it, it pierces one by one each of the chakras, right, and therefore giving them an explosion of energy and or blooming of each lotus, is however you want to visualize it, and comes up and comes up and up, and then comes up and spreads its hood, right. So, right, this is that. This is this is so. Actually, in that, if you were to give it a anatomical connection it could be the whole brain and the, the you know that, that this is the the hood of the the hood of the serpent right and there's another thing is that the the uh, uh, we have in tantric symbolism in in, in conceptually the body we have in our forehead upper we have more than just six chakras or seven chakras there's many chakras or sub chakras and there's underworld, there's chakras above our, below our body, above our body, and throughout our, throughout, there's all kinds of chakras, right? So there's a chakra called, chan, there's, a, there's a moon, we have a moon in our forehead, right? That's above Agni Chakra, below, uh, um, and it, it can be, it can, it's not yet too technical exactly where it is, but th- th- we believe we know, a, but this, these, are, these are not meant to be taken anatomically, you know? Uh, but anyways... That, that, that moon, just like our moon is called Soma, Soma is full of nectar, right? And so this serpent comes up and bites that moon. You rinse it around and bites the moon. If you see our, our Shivalingam outside, you have the cobra and then you have the, the, the tongue and the fangs. And, you, and the, the, the thing, there's a pot of water over, there's a name for that pot, I'm forgetting. Um, some, uh, uh, Shivatmananda told us there's a pot of water that holds, hangs over the Shivalingam that's constantly dripping. And it drips onto the head of Shiva, and then drips off of him, off of his mouth, onto the Shiva lingam, onto the head of the Naga, like that. So it's constantly dripping. This is, this is. There's Amrita all the time dripping. There's all the time, but it get usually it gets burnt in the in the. We have Amrita dripping, actually many uh, internal literal fluids as as well as sacred flows of consciousness within our our astral body dripping, but they get consumed, and so we get old, we get die, we have we don't get any benefits of it, right? But in this one, the, the, the Naga comes up and bites the moon and then takes all that Amrita. And when she comes back down, she pulls the Amrita back into each of the chakras. Remember the Alumbilum, she comes up and comes down, one of the qualities of the snake we mentioned last week. Right? So this is also very deep symbolism of, of the snake coming up, you know, uh, 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 like that and coming back down. So she, so, uh, 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 um, so anyway, she, 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 so, She's a snake. She rests upon the snake. She's at those deities also, 
and she's also another and this 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 also refers to the next name which is Nagakanya 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 means the daughter of the Nagas right and so there's an actual deity called Nagakanya we could say oh she's the daughter you know she's Nagakanya is a deity and we have her outside by our by our Shiva Lingam also we worship Nagas out there and uh, especially in Nepal they worship her and you see her she usually has the body of a snake and the and the upper body of a woman and usually often um, uh, wings also shows you have winged serpents that's a common thing also in Mexico like that show the connection between Garuda and 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 snakes and and, and eagles the connection animosity union all things could be talked about that but I'm not prepared for that but uh, so Nagakanya is this uh, uh, this beautiful uh, deity and Nagakanya is um so there could Nagakanya is mentioned in the scriptures she is one particular the queen of this race another semi-divine really they're, they're, the, the Nagakanyas they're a type of I guess we would probably in the west we'll call them fairies they're in that category right the Nagakanya is not like it's not like these like big deities they're like they're um like like Gandharvas Gandharvas we wouldn't call them fairies exactly right and can and um 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 apsadas maybe you could use apsadas to be you know the in the story they become the dancing girls and things like that right but they're they kind of they're around bodies of water they're under trees things that we would in the western tradition kind of identify with fairies so the 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 nagakanyas are a type of underworld fairy right that's a, that's a, if you would think of it like that they they're they're but they you know we have so they 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 live around bodies of water they live in the base of trees these are very common common themes right um, and at the base of trees, right? You see, what do you see? You see a hole, and you think a snake comes out. You know, like that. Once again, they're 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 guardians of once again esoteric knowledge, right? They're guard and they they act as guardians to the goddess's realm, seeing the goddess's realm here as the underworld, as the as a subconscious underworld, the uh, the uh, uh, the very earthy aspect, not the heavenly. You know, one of the names she she she's. She, she comes from the heavens she descends from the Himalayas right and here she comes from the earth you can see these like she's nothing's being left in this group of names nothing's being left out she's from the heavenly beings to the things that slither from the underworld that come up and come back down right everything's being connected but she but, but and so and so and they're worshipped like uh, I mean I don't have much experience of uh, of fairies and fairy worship right I have to admit right but I know people who have, right? And I mean, we have to take their their uh, testimony uh, uh, with a grain of salt, also, right? And appreciate their 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 sincere ex- sharing of their experiences, right? And one of our friends he describes uh, during a period of wandering in the in the Midwest like that. He was one like a sadhu life in America, right? And he ended up in some park, right? And it was this dirty park, so he couldn't sleep. So he spent the whole night. But the whole day just cleaning every he cleaned the whole park right every little cigarette bud and little you know just cleaned it all up and raked you know just you know and then he slept and then that night he said he had dreams of of of, of these type of beings thanking him for what for cleaning their space you know and and that's one of the qualities of of the nagakanyas right that if you can please them and they give blessings general blessings knowledge blessings they can some if you consider them to be secret guardians of secret esoteric hidden knowledge, or just 
you know, they, 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 they're blessings in your life. They can help you in your relationship. They can help you in, in your finances and money and things like, you know, that they're, they're going to be disposed towards you. And if you, but also conversely, these are the beings that get really upset if you harm their environment. So this is a very environmental type of creature, right? Those who pollute streams, groundwater, type of things where they would live, right? That they'd become very angry and, and curse you. Right, and also things. So another of these things you can say a curse of a snake could be because you killed a snake, or you could piss off uh, 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 um, these Nagakanya spirits. Right, so that's a very interesting idea. <coughs> Nagakanya, Naga Shaini. Oh, I did that, but Nagakanya, she who is the daughter of snakes. Right. Then there's so that's kind of a cluster of we can there's so much really there's a, we to do a system systematize with proper texts like that was very fascinating topic we can discuss perhaps at a future date in a different setting but so 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 we had Naga Nagini Naga Naga Shiny she's a serpent she's she's um in a uh, supported by serpents uh, Naga uh, Naga she's a daughter of serpents. Um, or this semi-divine um, fairy type of being, then then another another being that's more in that line to, to, uh, is is uh, uh, Devakanya. Devakanya Gandhar, Gandharvi. So Devakanya means daughter of the devas, right? So this is not. It could be you know it's like it's like you know the mother of God, daughter of God, something you know some she was some divine deity that was born from the devas. I don't know. It could be you know. I don't know. I can't think of that right now. Because of the cluster names, I think Devakanya means she's the, she's she's listing different categories of demigods, right? Here, Deva is not being like Indra and Shiva. You know, this is like the Deva, the the, the host. You know, the when you uh, the population of the astral worlds and the higher worlds, this type of stuff, right? So you have the underworlds, you have the the heavenly worlds of 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 the of the uh, Devas. The shining worlds, you know, the sh Deva means shining, so these are like the shining angelic, probably eight. I think Deva, Deva Kanya is something like angels. I think that's probably uh, more like we would consider angels. We, we, we wouldn't consider serpents as angels, but but even in Hinduism they have wings, so they're more angels than we think, right? But um, uh, so Deva Kanya, and then Gandhar, Gandhar, Gandharvi. Gandharvi is also, Gandharvas are uh, the also an astral or heavenly being, and these are the um, musicians, heavenly musicians, right? So, like in poetic, you say, "Oh, something auspicious happened." The Gandharvas played on instruments while the Upsadas danced. That's a common, common um, uh, motif, you know. Uh, but the Gandharvas, you know, they're they're mythological type of being in 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 the tradition that of of uh, um, that. But the Gandharvas, we have real Gandharvas. We have musicians, right? So Gandharvas are musicians, you know. So. Gandhar, just like we have, we have people that are Nagas, meaning people that are from these tribes and are from these kingdoms, but they're also a scene given a, a or extended into a, um, um, a magical type of being, right? So you also, you, we also, so with Gandharvas also, we have musicians and musician families, and they may even consider them, some of them even were Gandharva in their name. Right, it's even a last name in certain musician families, ancient musician families, right? Maybe they're maybe they're identified. Oh yeah, we're from we're we're literally from Gandharvas, right? Our descendants come from, we're such and such a Gandharva, right? But but whatever the the literal Gandharvas are, we all know some. Some of them live here, Kalimandir. Um, 
uh, but there is believe that there is also a heavenly being called the Gandharva. She's Gandharvi. She's so that could be she's the female Gandharvas. And of course, you do see in in the in in the common use in the text that you say Gandharvas and Apsaras. So Gandharvas are male and Apsaras are female, right? But actually, these are two different races or two different types of beings. So both of them have male and females. So the men in the in in, in the musicians and the men are the musicians and the women. Um, tend the house or something, you know, and then and in and in the in the apsaras, the women are musicians, the men, I don't know, play cards or something. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen them in the mountains. You see the women working and the men smoking and playing cards, or you see the men working. You know, like you're, like it's, an emphasis is given to one. The thing is that the but there are Gandhar, there are Gandharva women, not just you, but you never hear about in the text. Usually, the the way they're told in the text is like oh, the Gandharvas are the male musicians and the female Karnapa are the dancers. But these are that's a very that's just the way they make it into like Mahabharata and Chandi. You know, like in their own worship, their their whole they have their own system. They're they're not just one gender, right? So uh, um, uh, Gandharva, Gandharvi. Then, then Kinareshuri. So now you have the Kinaras. That's another thing we don't hear so much about. There's some are listed in the Siddhas, the Vijadaras, and the Siddhas are those who give perfection. No, those who are perfected or have powers. The Siddhadaras, those who give perfection, they give knowledge. The Vijadaras, those who grant knowledge and wisdom. There's all these kind of in the hierarchy, in the cosmic hierarchy of, uh, of, 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 of the gods. So the Kinadas are their own thing. The Kinadas are interesting. They're, they're, they're also a fairy type of being, right? And the Kinadas, and uh, if we were to, use, these aren't exactly equivalent terms, but these aren't quite as equivalent as, as the others, as Nagakanyas. They usually have. They're seen as having in the, in the stories as. What is it? What is the we have in Western thing? We have half man and half like horse. Oh. What are those? Centaur. 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 So some some texts believe that they say that they're half horse, half man, right? Or half 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 human, half you know, like other places. More more common is half bird, half man. They'll have the body of a bird, the face of a man, or the body of a man, face of a bird. Something these type of type of things, right? So it's another kind of weird semi thing that uh. uh Modern day, if you see too many of them, you probably be put on medication. I think is <laughs> a problem. <laughs> you have to be, we have to be a little careful. We talk too openly about our our knowledge of. So we'll talk about these things from texts rather than from experience, for the sake of safety and not to lose followers on Facebook or anything. Um, um, uh, uh, not saying I'm not. I can neither confirm nor deny the existence of such beings. <laughs> uh, uh, can, can I, so they're interesting. But, so, but they have a unique quality. Just, uh, they they have they're 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 um, they're usually in pairs, male and female, right? Kind of like love birds or something like that. But they never have children, right? So they're an interesting like subcategory that they they're they're like love they're considered like divine like astral lovers, right? They're always in pairs, always in love, always like that, always happy, always always frolicking, but never they never have children. They'll never have children, you know. <laughs> so it's that's usually the thing that's defined about. The Mahabharata says that that direct thing about they're 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 defined their qualities are defined in the Mahabharata as that, right? As, as half bird, half man, uh, always in pairs, always in love, always fr- frolicking, never having children, never settling down in that way, you know. So they're like they're 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 that that uh that I don't know what to 
everything and we have we have people like that too <laughs> you know whether they have bird heads or not i don't know but um, not considered fully human maybe you can see if you if, if we psychoanalyze it a little bit you know they're such such people right are half human and half animal you know they're not often a fully human person takes responsibility for their actions, raises their children, <laughs> raises their children properly, settles down, becomes a man. You know, it's like you could sing like that. Maybe this could be a way. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to superimpose this view on ancient tradition, right? But we could use these images as uh, in a modern. We could interpret it in the modern way. So we could say, oh, don't be an. You could say, oh, you're a Gandharva. Don't behave like a Gandharva. <laughs> Because Gandhar, Gandharva, the Gandharvas, they're not. They're, the Gandharvas are not. Um, they're womanizers. Right, and you see, our our modern musicians are usually in that same category, right? You know, with groupies and this type of, you know, this type of stuff. It's interesting. That's exactly the behavior, right? So you can see whether or not there's actual semi-divine being that 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 plays Vina from heaven, right? Or it's just you know, rock and roll stars, or you know. but you think even in classical, in any even classical musicians, it's the behavior of musicians seems to be a tendency of the musical world, right? Uh, uh, um, Actually, it's always very confusing. You see some classical musicians, they're like thousands of hours of sadhana and, and truly divine contact with and the, 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 the effect of the sadhana is touching the divine world, right? Yet they get drunk afterward and womanize afterward. Mm. You know, very often, like it's, it's, it's a tendency, right? So it's a, And even we have this term, we have Jaima, we have this term, uh, you, there's different types of weddings, different types of marriages. One of them is called Gandharva wedding. Yeah. This is interesting, right? In Mahabharata, even this is an old, this is old stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I think Gandharva wedding may even be in in in, in the um, in the, um, um, a law book. Uh, Manus Manusmiti even has Gandharva weddings, different types of weddings, you know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so this is old old Orthodox stuff, you know, and so there's proper weddings, and a Gandharva wedding is like, you want to get married? Sure, okay, we're married. You want to finish being married? Okay, sure. <laughs> you know, you can be married or not married, you know, as you like, just by decision. There's no ritual, there's no inviting the priest, no vows in front of the sacred fire, in front of the altar of God, you know, the Gandharva winning. You know, in other words, like musicians. <laughs> they get together when they like and they break up when they like. That's, gonna, that, that's considered, type, that's also legitimate. It's not very high class, but it's legitimate. <laughs> right? It's Gandharvas, musicians, you know, musicians. Or most people. <laughs> but so, 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 you can, so we can use these, these terms and, and, and use them to... To understand, we can find equivalents in the modern world also. Which is interesting. I think we'll end. Where are we here? Nagakanya Devakanya Gandharvi Kinarishwari. So she's the goddess of the Kinadas, or she's maybe there's a goddess that they worship, or she's a goddess among them, or she's a goddess as them. It's hard to say how these names work. And I'll simply mention because we're already at, at, at we're exactly at 6.30, I'll mention that just to finish the line. Right, it switches topics, but not completely. Um, Moha Ratri, Maharatri, Daruna, Bashwasuri. Right, so these are beautiful names. Moha Ratri, the we we see some of these names from the Chandi. Moha Ratri, the night of delusion. Right, Maharatri, the great night. Right, so you can see we've we've written, in our Chandi talk we've talked along these lines. We'll, we'll we'll pick up here, right? And so you can see by saying that, as I mentioned, by saying that she's Naga as misfortune, right? That she's the whole thing. She's she or or she's fortunate and misfortune. She descends from the heavens in the Himalayas. She she comes up from the underworld, 
right? You know, it's like she's a whole thing, right? So also this this the very next batch of names switches. I mean, mid verse to such name that she's she's our ignorance, she's our delusion, she's a night of destruction. She's not just a shining. She then uh, Daruna. Daruna is interesting. I have to really think about this name. It's usually translation I say you know, that could support. It's not Daruna. It's a D H. Right, Daruna means like terrible, right? Maybe she's terrible, right? You know, she's the, you know, um, um, uh, cruel almost, right? You know, it's interesting. You know, that is like that. That of course, Ma has that symbolism, but it's also the, excuse me. Moral for dangerous. Yes, yes. So that, yeah, yeah, So this is a, a, a so that's a very interesting. We we'll get to when you get and 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 conjoined with with uh, uh, Moharatri, Maharatri. You know, it's interesting. But then the the name, final name in this batch which I'm looking forward to talking about next time, that she is, in the middle of that, even with these names, she's, uh, uh, she's, she's the, 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 uh, the, the, the light, the blinding light, the radiance that, that envelops even the, the, any demon, anything, all duality is destroyed in her light. So it could be that she's so bright that all duality is, but that knowledge of the one destroys all duality. We can go into that next, next week. Hmm. Basvarasuri. Basvarasuri. Something like that. We'll do it one today. Anyway, thank you for your kind attention. Any questions, comments, deep, profound realizations? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just watching this thing on PBS on mm-hmm. nature about how the evolution of birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it's just been on TV. But, um, it, it's like they almost had this insight into evolution that that yeah yeah, that yeah, yeah. Things yeah, yeah. Came from other things. yeah yeah well they're related for sure and they're paired for sure yeah. like we didn't talk about like 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 for instance Vishnu has sits on a on a naga right but that naga interesting enough is not scared of Garuda snakes and Garuda Garuda's mount is an eagle yet he sits on a uh, uh, that's another we we, we didn't get chat now there's no time but I had some. Preparation to talk on this point because that's a special, very special naga, and what there's a whole backstory of why he's not scared of Garuda, and why and and, and this tension between Garuda and naga is very interesting throughout, you know, and when uh, um, um, yeah, very interesting. Anyways, all right. Oh, nagas also have a jewel in there, in there. We forgot to mention the jewel. There's lots of two weeks of the jewel. See, I think it needs it needs like a sem- it needs like a like a two day seminar or something like that. Maybe through the seminary we'll do the seminar on. On nagas, uh, more systematized with texts and readings and things like that. It'd be very interesting to think of it this way, not just on three names in the Kali Sastrama. Hario, Narayan, Narayan, same if possible. I want to push the music. <laughs> <laughs>